So it's a rainy day and I actually was supposed to drive to LA today, but it's like a state of emergency in California. And so I elected to pass on making this drive because to be quite honest, I wanted to sit at home this morning in my warm home and enjoy the rain and drink coffee and work from home and all of that. So this weather got me thinking about everything that I'm attempting to do right now with this podcast and trying to get my website off the ground and, you know, why people would even care. And I really started thinking about this situation that's in my life that has really uh, bothered me and really shook me to the core for a lot of years now. And it's probably been one of my hurdles that I think I've ever had to go through a process, feel, cry about, and um, attempt to get over. And I don't think I'll ever truly get over it because it really kind of showed me that even, even if somebody is family, they can really fuck you over and change and become somebody that you don't even know. And it's actually been quite a difficult and painful lesson for me to go through. And I'm really going to try to provide a good timeline of this story that I'm about to tell because I really want you to understand where the pain comes from, where the anger comes from, where the confusion comes from, and why it will, for the rest of my life, puzzle me. It will also be a reminder that sometimes the person you thought was one way can really be somebody else. I don't, I don't, I don't know a better way to put it into words, but here goes. When my parents divorced, it was pretty awful. I think that there were attempts to try to shield me from the chaos and all of that that was going on. But you could sense it and you overheard things and you saw things. And, you know, at three and four years old, you don't understand why the two people that you love the most in the world can't seem to figure out why they don't love each other anymore. And so we lost our home. Uh, They had to do a short sale on it because they were out of money. My mom was moving out to her own place in Irvine. And my dad was, I think he initially moved back in with his parents. He was lucky to have that option uh, when he split from my mom. I would see my dad every weekend. I lived with my mom and my brother that was closest to me in age and my sister, I believe. I say I believe because I had two older brothers and I remember them being in and out of the house. My sister at one point was living with somebody that wasn't even family. I don't really know or understand that part of it, but hey, you know what? Maybe I'll have her on a podcast and we can we can get through that. Anyway, so my mom's living in Irvine. My dad's moving in. I think he moved back in with his parents or his mom for a little bit. And then um, he got his own little apartment in Orange. I'd see him every weekend during the week I was with my mom. 
Uh, I remember getting a cat and I was allergic to cats. My mom was allergic to cats. I'm curious to know why we had a cat. I wonder if it was a distraction maybe for my mom to do that for me so that I'd be more inclined to want to go and move in with her. And really, I'm making a very long story even longer, but I apologize. I just want you to know the whole background on everything. Um, I feel like I need to add a little bit to this story. Uh, I learned not that long ago that while my parents were going through their divorce, my mom was making accusations against my father that he was being inappropriate with me. That could not be further from the truth. My dad was an amazing man. My dad never was inappropriate with me. When my brothers and sisters were asked to be on the stand to uh, be interviewed by the attorneys, all of them said, there's no way. He was, I was his favorite. He would never. That's just how ugly it got between my mom and my dad. While they were split up, my mom started going out a lot. Uh, She was looking for her next meal ticket. I think that she truly just was like, fuck love, I'm I'm going for the money now. I want a good life. And you know what? She found it. So she was going out a lot. She was working. She left my brother and I home alone a lot. I was in, uh, I believe, either preschool or kindergarten. And my brother is five years older than me. And so... um, He was my primary caretaker. She was spending, this is according to my siblings, she was spending her child support on satin sheets and getting her nails done and things like that. And a lot of times we didn't have food in the house or she wouldn't be home to make dinner. Uh, We ended up getting evicted from that place in Irvine, which was kind of sucky. It was a really nice house, um, but we got evicted. Ended up moving to San Juan Capistrano. Uh, probably some of my worst memories of my childhood. Because again, at this time, it was just me, my brother that was closest in age to me, and my mom. My brother and I, we would get home. We had nobody watching us. There was no food in the house. The phones would get shut off. Sometimes the electricity would get shut off. We'd go to my mom's nail appointments. I mean, it just, none of it made any sense. I would beg my dad every weekend, like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to live there. I don't want to be with my mom. I want to be with you. And my dad would say things like, you know, I wish I could just run away and take you with me and you'd be safe and, you know, I could take care of you. But, you know, the court made the judgment the way they made the judgment. And so I can only really visit you on the weekends because I have to work in order to, you know, provide support that you guys don't get. We would call my dad and we would tell him, on certain nights that uh, my mom was gone and we hadn't eaten dinner and we were hungry and sometimes my dad would come and pick us up or he'd bring food and he'd get really pissed off at my mom. My mom would get pissed off at us saying like, why are you calling your dad? You're getting me in trouble. Um, My mom would bring men home. We'd be hungry. She'd be in her room with the door locked. We'd hear things. We'd just be sitting there waiting for dinner because we were fucking hungry. So when I when I speak of my mom, as she got older, she definitely redeemed herself in a lot of ways, but I don't ever forget that time. I don't ever forget that feeling. I don't ever forget the sadness and just wanting to be with my dad and, you know, why I needed to be with her. Well, I mean she was getting child support. And honestly, she just really didn't seem all that interested in parenting at that point. She was 
more interested in going out. And I mean, if you think about it, she got pregnant. I believe she was still in high school. So she never had the time to go out and have fun and have girlfriends and, you know, all that stuff. She never got that. We ended up moving again, this time to Orange. And I believe it was because my mom had met my future stepfather. They met at a bar. Apparently, my stepdad was married at the time. And uh, they start dating. And next thing you know, we are moving to Orange. And the crazy part is, is that we're literally sharing the main street that his wife also lives off of. Crazy, right? Anyway. So he starts coming over to pick her up for dates and he's really sweet and nice. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of cool. You know, he's nice. He treats my mom nice. She seems to be really excited about him. My mom was happy. He seemed to um, really want to win us over. He would show up and just, just be delightful, like happy. Like he seemed like he really wanted to get to know us. I remember the first time that I met his son, who was my age, and my mom and him brought us to an Angels game. He had season tickets, and I remember driving there. We were in the back of the El Camino, but it had like one of those covers on it. Him and I sat in the back. Uh, They were up front, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's so funny. This is so cool. Wow. Like, what if this guy ends up being my brother? Like, how cool? Well, fast forward, they get pretty serious and decide to move in together. Uh, They're moving out of the house and I am outside playing with all the kids in the neighborhood. And I proceed to get road rash all down the side of my face because I eat shit on somebody's bike. And I remember him carrying me to the kitchen floor and like I'm just dripping in blood and you know just him being like so caring and that was like my first moment where I was like wow like this guy could really be like an extra dad like he's he's pretty cool you know so he's now my stepdad and I'm living with you know my family and that's briefly you know how I met him and how I became close to him and like he treated me like his own and Um, he was really good to me. He was always really generous. Um, there's a few moments that stand out when I was, first of all, whatever I needed, if, you know, my dad wasn't able to financially provide it, he would, he would, he would, he would give it to me or he would, you know, make sure that I had it. I never went without. And, you know, my dad was blue collar. He didn't make a lot of money. And instead of being bitter and pissed off that like, you know, this new dad is coming into my life and kind of taking over. My dad was like, God, I I just, I appreciate him so much because there's just things that I can't do financially. And so that says a lot about my dad because shit, I don't know if I could be as uh, humble as, as, as he was in that situation. I think I would have been pretty pissed off. Like who the fuck is this guy? Anyway, there's a few moments that stand out. There's actually a lot of moments that stand out, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, because I I was well cared for. Um, 
There was one time where I had a seizure. Unbeknownst to any of us, I had something going on. Ambulance came, my stepdad rode with me in the ambulance. I get to the hospital, my stepdad's holding my hand the whole time. Deathly afraid of needles, still am, even after my cancer diagnosis. Held my hand, was there for me. When I got married and had my reception, I had him and my dad both, you know, basically present me to our guests because we didn't have a very uh, traditional wedding. We I asked my stepdad to come be a speaker in our, I believe it was childcare and development class. And I can't recall what the topic was. I believe it, the topic was just parenting. And anybody that wanted to invite their parents to come in and just talk about the topic of parenting, they could do that. And so I asked my stepdad. I didn't ask my mom. I didn't ask my dad. I asked my stepdad. So one of the students in my classroom when it was uh, opened up to questions, asked, what has been the hardest part of parenting? And when it got to my stepdad, I mean, he's been in the Vietnam War. He is a real tough guy. He um, has no problem cursing anybody out for any reason. He's just, he has no filter. My stepdad's always kind of been that way. And when I refer to him as my stepdad, it's just, it's been such a habit for so long. It's just easier for me to refer to him as my stepdad. So it got to his, answer and he just broke down in front of the entire class and said it was when I had my seizure and he just felt helpless and didn't know what to do and I was like oh my god like wow and you know when he would have a little bit to drink he would always say I was his favorite and I I wasn't surprised like I just I love the guy like I really truly respected him I mean he gave me such a beautiful childhood and knows you know where I would be and what I would be doing right now if uh my mom had not met him. So uh, anyway, fast forward to my mom passing away. Uh, shortly after my mom passed away, my stepdad got a cancer diagnosis. He, had, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I remember breaking down thinking like, I can't lose another one. And did it right in front of him, just feeling so defeated. I mean, I was pregnant, just lost my mom. Now I'm afraid I'm going to lose my stepdad. And, but, you know, weird things began to happen. Right after my mom passed away, he was like trying to clear out the house. Like, take what you want. I don't care. Have it. I want it out. And it was like, you're okay, we just buried my mom. Like, what the heck? But I was like, you know, everybody grieves differently. So I'm just going to give him that and not dwell on it too much uh, he it was really sweet uh so i like i mentioned i was pregnant my mom passed away in september and my mom did everything so when it came time for christmas my stepdad had to do the christmas shopping and took it upon himself to go to i can't recall the name of the clothing store that sells really nice uh maternity clothing but he went and picked out a bunch of maternity clothes for me. And it was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was so sweet and beautiful and lovely. And it just, to me, was like confirmation, like, you know, he's really going to continue to be here for me and, you know, make sure that everything's going to be okay. So um, he would continue to pick up my boys, uh, take them out for dinner or take them to practice or things like that. And they loved him. They loved him so much, especially, you know, my Quentin. He just, because they were so bonded and so close. And uh, one night, 
were with him. I forgot where we'd gone. And he said, do you want to go to dinner after this? And I said, yeah. So uh, it was me and my two boys and him and we're at dinner. And I remember him saying like, I met someone. And I said, well, you know, my mom would want you to be happy. So, you know, we're happy for you. We don't want you to feel alone. We don't want you to be sad. Like, you know, we want you to meet somebody. And I had started going to therapy because uh, there is no textbook teaching you how to maintain a relationship with your stepdad after your uh, mom passes away. I started going to therapy. I really wanted to make sure that this worked. I really wanted to make sure that he remained in my life and in my kid's life. Um, So yeah, he told me he'd met her. uh, He told me her name, where she lived. She had a daughter. I think she had a grandson. Um, You know what? My mom would want you to be happy. And so after my daughter was born, uh, he was in Vegas with his new chick and they'd gone to see a concert and of course I go into labor and he's like ah I knew you were gonna do that like of course the one time I go out of town and it was really sweet that he really you know planned to be there and wanted to be you know there for us um so he came home and uh and he did he come to the hospital I think he did actually um he came and he saw me and my husband and um met the baby and then start to feel him kind of removing himself very slowly and I thought you know what it's just all in my head like I'm real paranoid right now I want him to be with us forever and you know he's my dad and I love him so much and so next thing I know I get a call from my dad my real dad and you know my dad's born and raised in Orange the city of Orange my mom lived here most of her life as well. As they got older, they kind of began to share the same friends because, you know, people are dying off and they're maintaining their friend group from, you know, high school, Elks Lodge, things like that. My dad calls me and says, hey, uh, so-and-so just told me that uh, he's engaged. And I said, "Mm, no, I would, I feel like he would tell me, you know, I text him. And I say, my dad just told me that you're engaged. Is this true? And he said, yes, it's not public knowledge yet. No, I said, why wouldn't you tell me? And he said, well, it's not public knowledge yet. And in my head, I'm thinking, if it's not public knowledge, how the hell does my dad know? I just went off. I'm sad. I'm this. Like, I can't believe that this is how I would find out. Like, you know, you're my dad. Like, how how could you not think that... I would want to know before, you know, other people. That was the last day I ever spoke to him. He is remarried to this person. He basically removed himself, not only from my life, but from his grandkids' life. It affected them greatly. I had to put them in therapy. The son has uh, some anxiety and some OCD. Um, Not only did he lose his grandmother, but then his grandfather basically ghosted him. I removed myself from anybody that had any type of relationship with him. A funny story within this story is that my stepbrother ended up marrying one of my best friends from high school. That's where it got kind of ugly because I had to completely shut her out of my life because she was so warmly welcomed in the family and I wasn't because so I reach out to her 
with it said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about you and I'm really sorry that this all transpired the way it did, but I, I had to protect myself and I had to protect my heart. And she responds and said, you know, I was really hurt, but I now understand why you did what you did. And so her, so her and I become friends again and it's been so fucking lovely and beautiful and it's like no time has passed and I see her kids recently who my god it was just wonderful and beautiful and it made me so happy especially seeing her oldest because her oldest was the same age as my my oldest and um they'd go to Disneyland together and they were so close and people would be like oh my god are they twins but it's like hilarious because my kids have black so it's like no they're clearly not but to this day I don't talk to him Funny thing is, again, we we kind of share a major street in our city. We live in the same city. Um, I see him driving a lot. Uh, my husband has run into him at the grocery store before. When I think about it, I it, it doesn't hurt me like it used to. It still hurts. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't understand. I, I think about the day that he takes his last breath and I wonder if I have the courage to show up at his services. I would like to. I don't want to deal with any of his family's bullshit. He treated my mom pretty great. I mean, he, there were times he was very condescending to her and would really talk down to her. But you know what? My mom got what she wanted. She bought she gifted she she basically did whatever the fuck she wanted i'm grateful that she died feeling that he would be there for us even though he's not i'm glad that she does not know or maybe she does shit i mean if she were to have any inclination that this guy was doing the things that he's doing trust when i say She's haunting him in one way or another. Trust me. My mom, she don't fuck around. I think about the moment where my... Oh, and we've actually pulled up next to him before at a light. And he looked over and I'm in my husband's car. He knows my husband's car. The windows are tinted pretty dark. But you could see the shadows. So I have a pretty good feeling that he knew it was us. My son and I look over at him. And his light turns green and he goes. And man, it's like, it's crazy to me how one minute somebody can be like your fucking person. Like, hold my hand. I got to get blood taken. Hold my hand. I'm going to be fucking hospitalized because of my pneumonia. Hold my hand. Be there for me. Thank you for being my dad. I love you so much too. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Like, you know, it's uh, the fact that he can do that. I will never understand because I mean, let's be real. I was his daughter. He was my dad. I'll never understand it to the day he dies to the day I die. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, never got a call. He knew. Uh, I don't, I don't wish any ill will on, uh, my stepdad. I honestly, if tomorrow he knocked at my door and said, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Would I welcome him back with open arms? Probably because that's how much love I still have for him. And you know, love is a fucking funny ass thing. Oh, I'm going to cry. When you, when you think about God, like 
this guy really fucked me up. Like he really, he treated me like I've never been treated before. How can you do that to a person? When I, when I think about him, it, it's painful still. I, I have processed it and I have, when I think of him now, I, I don't want to like break down and cry where I, I used to all the time. And anytime he was even ever even brought up, I would cry. Um, now I just, I'm, I, I, I'm sad about it. I, you know, I know there's nothing I can do about it and I know that nothing will change. Uh, again, the love that I have for him, it, I don't think it'll ever go away because I, God, I just owe so much to him. I, for, I failed to mention that, uh, during this time that him and I had stopped talking, uh, I wrote him an email and I just, I, I didn't point fingers. I didn't say like, I can't believe you did this to me. I didn't do any of that. I told him basically that, you know, even if we never talk again, I want you to know that I love you. And I'm so grateful for the, oh, I want to cry. Ugh, hold on. Uh, I just said, I'm so grateful for the life that you gave me because God, who knows where I would have been, you know, like we had no money. I remember, I remember when we lived in San Juan Capistrano because my mom was a single mom living with her two kids. She had a gun that she kept between her mattress and bed spring and my brother would take it out and play with it. And we had friends over. We weren't supposed to have friends over. They would fuck with the gun. <sighs> For a really long time, I blamed myself. What could I have done differently? And I now know there is nothing I could have done differently. I didn't do anything wrong. He was engaged like six months after my mom died. They were married for 25 fucking years, bro. That is my story for today. Have you been through similar? I, I want to hear it. Ugh, my nose is all burry now because I was almost going to cry. I honestly did not know how to how I was ever going to get through this. I'd love to hear your stories. I would love some feedback. I've never actually shared this, this whole scenario, story, whatever, publicly. I may have like thrown out bits and pieces here and there on Instagram when like a memory would come up or a quote I would see. That's a story. That's the truth. Um, 100%. It's what I went through as I'm grieving my fucking mother and as I'm having a baby. I will leave you with that. Who knows how I'm going to edit all this shit. I definitely need to edit his name out. Although people are going to put two and two together. Thank you for listening. Please share your I story. I mean, even if the stories aren't exact replicas of each other. Have you experienced a time where you were basically completely shut out by somebody that you loved and trusted and felt like you knew and <laughs> apparently you didn't. I really want to thank you for listening. I'm sure it was very long-winded and I apologize for it, but as I'm going back through and listening to it, I'm sure during certain moments I sounded kind of bitter and I maybe maybe I am a little, but overall, I mean, again, he was my dad and he gave me a great life and um I never went without and you know, in some ways people might say I was a bit spoiled and I was. Um, so I'm not grateful just for that aspect. I'm grateful because he pulled us out of a situation that could have been an absolute disaster considering all of the factors that we were faced with at the time. So I am truly grateful to him. And 
if ever I was given the opportunity to tell him, I'm sure I wouldn't be able to maintain my composure. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a really beautiful day. I appreciate all of the love and support that I have been receiving and I'm sending it right back to you. Thanks.